This program was recorded for broadcast at this time. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And this is my time. Keep it here as Roger talks about local and national issues important to you. Talking with the leaders and newsmakers in our community. And now, here's Roger. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show, the program that's dedicated to protecting, preserving, and defending America's founding traditions of God, family, country. It's great to be with you. In fact, this is the first time that we've been um, had a chance to speak directly to you after the November the third election. Of course, its votes are still being counted or recounted, or recounts are being uh, conducted, and uh, things are still up in the air. We still here huh, um, two weeks later do not know who was elected president of the United States, and we don't know um, if we even had a fair and competently administered uh, election. Um, you know, these are obviously troubling times. You know, many of us already knew that to begin with. Um, and so that's kind of just the situation we're in right now. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. Um, and I don't, but I'm not going to speculate at the moment on who the next president uh, might be. But because um, I personally still think, uh, well, first of all, I think John was, was elected uh, on Tuesday if, in, in a fair, competently administered election. Uh, not sure if it's going to turn out that way or not, but I haven't abandoned hope with that either. Those are a few of my thoughts. Uh, in a moment, we're going to go to our guest, and he's right in the middle thick of things as far as this election goes, uh, and he's on top of things as far as the presidential election goes as well. He was actually on the ballot. You know, you heard him uh, several times, numerous times on our show leading up to November 3rd, and he uh, triumphed, prevailed uh, in his election on November 3rd. Um, over strong opposition from the left and a Democrat candidate. And, of course, I'm speaking about Representative Anthony Sabatini. Before we go to Representative Sabatini, I want to, of course, remind you that the Roger Franklin Williams Show is presented by Christner's Prime Steak and Lobster. Generous cuts of beef and cold-water Australian lobster served in an atmosphere of old-school elegance and sophistication. They're located 729 Lee Road, Orlando, just two blocks west of I-4. Also want to give a shout out to our friends over at Apopka Moore and Equipment Repair. Of course, as you've come to know, Apopka Moore and Equipment Repair is your one-stop center for all your lawn and garden needs. Get over and see Mike Martin and all the great guys at their impressive showroom at 2975 West Orange Blossom Trail between the 429 and Plymouth Serena Road on the north side of Apopka. Apopka Moore and Equipment Repair. It's where they sell the best and fix the rest. Find out more at apopkamower.com. Now let's go to Representative Anthony Sabatini, uh, re- who represents Lake County in the Florida legislature. And first of all, Representative Sabatini, uh, congratulations on your resounding uh, re-election victory. Hey, thanks a lot, Roger. And can you, but I would like to, uh, anything you'd like to say about your, your election, uh, you know, post-mortem, looking back on it, uh, any thoughts that you would like to share? Well, it's interesting. We're living in a time period where people uh, are more interested in, in federal national politics than local and state. So generally, down-ballot candidates do almost exactly the same as the ones above. So I came within 1% of Donald Trump in my district just because I'm Republican. And, you know, people today 
elections are so nationalized that if they're going to vote for Trump, they're usually going to vote for all the Republicans all the way down. So that helped me a lot. Well, I'm glad to hear that was the way it was in, in Lake County. Um, Seminole County was actually different. A lot of the local Republicans won. Um, unfortunately, Trump did not win Seminole County, which was uh, you know another one of the disturbing aspects of this election. You know, One time, not too long ago, and I'm talking about <laughs> four, six, eight years ago, Seminole County was uh, one of the, if not the most heavily uh, and reliable Republican county in in the state. But anyway, that's um, that's kind of the way the world we're living in now, especially here in Florida. But it's great to hear the people of Lake County are still solidly pro God, family, and country, and pro uh, tra- traditional American values. I, now, can, can you share with us? I'd like to get your thoughts on the election. Just can you share a, a, your overview? of of the presidential race um and uh, you know whatever you have to say about it absolutely well it's still up in the air i mean if you look at the uh, if you look at the calendar we're still 24 days away from where uh bush v gore ended 20 years ago so we're 24 days uh before that uh the date in which that election ended so there's still plenty of time for legal challenges and uh uh, arguments to be made um, about uh, recounts, audits, uh, whether certain ballots should have been validated, and whether there was actual fraud in some of these states. Uh, the state legislatures have launched um, investigations all throughout the battleground states from Michigan, Wisconsin, uh, Georgia, and Pennsylvania. A lot of these states are held by Republicans at the, at the state level just may or may not have a Democratic governor. And uh, we're going to see where those investigations go. And I'm hoping court battles lead to more thorough audits, not just fake audits where they're just counting the ballots that came in, but whether they're going to be able to see if the ballots themselves are illegal, whether they had the right kind of signature attached, they time spent correctly and came in at the right time, et cetera. So there's still a lot to be determined in the next couple of weeks. Now, specifically, I'd like to ask you, you know, there were four key so-called Rust Belt states in 2016 that Donald Trump won, you know, by very by, by very narrow margins. And these are states that uh, are traditionally Democrat states. They very rarely um, ever support a Republican in a presidential race. And their and their states are pretty much dominated. Um, their state offices are, are dominated by um Democrats, and those, of course, are Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin. And you know, at point one point, and I remember this distinctly because it's about the time I went to bed uh, on election night. And at this point, it was early in the morning on the fourth. Uh, it looked like once again Donald Trump was pulling away um, in um, in those states and pulling into, about to have a lead. And then <laughs> when everybody you know, woke up, if you will, um, yeah, he's behind. And all three of those states, there are you know, various uh, pushback, if you will, or being contested to some extent, whether recounts or lawsuits or um, or, or whatever. What what are your feeling uh, about specifically Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin? Uh, yeah, absolutely, and yeah, that you remember correctly. That's what happened. Of course, there were a lot of mail-in ballots, but the relevant question is how many were there at what point. Did they actually have a count of how many there were? Because uh, what seemed to happen was it never ended, and that ballots days later were still being able to be collected up to three days later. 
um, stamped and collected and brought in, which is uh, just out of control um, and illegal. So um, that that's correct, but you know we need to get to the bottom of why they allowed the counting to continue and why they stopped the counting at certain times in certain places in urban areas. They would actually stop in places like Atlanta and stop the counting, and nobody knew what was going on during this period. There was no poll watchers. It was uh, a lot of stuff was happening behind the scenes, and so audits and investigations in the state legislature should give us more insight. And we're speaking with Representative Anthony Sabatini on the Roger Franklin Williams Show, he was reelected to his position in the Florida Legislature on November third, which serves a big part of Lake County. Um, and we're talking about his his race and also about the presidential race as well. Um, now, what are your thoughts? I mean, I'll just say specifically in in those three states, do you feel that the election was was fair and uh, competent, um, or do you feel there might there might be a high potential for for fraud in in either one or all three of those states? Yeah, fraud that would that would be decadent. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I think there's absolutely fraud, and I think there's a lot of fraud. The question is simply a what, how much we're on at what level. Um, that's what we're going to find out. And it's sad to see the national media try to stop uh, these investigations and audits and recounts and, and put pressure on Trump and other Republicans to basically not find out what happened and what is probably going to be uh, found out to be the most unlawful, most fraudulent, uh, fraud-riddled election in the history of the United States. Um, so that's what we're going to be looking at next. And yeah, I absolutely think there is. And one of the biggest reasons is the statistical probabilities on some of these ballots, the, the amount of undervoting, overvoting in certain places, mostly undervoting, um, late registrations of certain types of demographics. For example, people in their mid 19, uh, mid nineties, nineties in age, giant spikes of people in their nineties, uh, registering to vote at certain times, just doesn't make sense, doesn't add up. And then historic voting trends and undervotes, they would, you know, in historic, a lot of elections, 2016, 2018 elections, the amount of undervotes were generally at one level would be, you know, um, you know a couple thousand or something like that. You, you would leave a couple thousand people in the entire state would leave uh, races underneath the presidency unmarked, unchecked. They would just vote at the top of the ticket and they'd leave the rest blank. But what we found in this election was massive, gigantic, thousands of percent increase of undervoting. So it, it definitely lends itself to the idea. It's not clear evidence, but it, it, it's certainly evidence that makes you want to speculate that there's been fraud or ballot harvesting ballot dumping just to try to remove Donald Trump. We're speaking with Representative Anthony Sabatini of Lake County. He was reelected on November 3rd, and we're talking primarily about the presidential race, the aftermath of the presidential race, the uh, that's uh, the confusion that's still going on, recounts, lawsuits, um, and we're discussing um, you know the possibility of fraud in this in this most recent presidential election. And when we come back from our break, which is coming up, we'll talk about um, the potential for for recourse and uh, you know if President Trump still does still does have a chance to to assume uh, office um, and be uh, reelected and, and how, uh, if so, what, what the odds are uh, for that. Uh, before we go to break, though, of course, I want to let you know that our friend Vito Fira from Network Sound and Video will join us later in the show. You can find him um, anytime 
24-7-365 at NetworkSoundAndVideo.com. That's NetworkSoundAndVideo.com where he can and, and his wife Rhonda can help your memories last forever. And also want to give a huge shout out to our friend Dr. Patrick St. Germain, St. Germain Chiropractic and BurnFatOrlando.com and let you know that Dr. Patrick St. Germain and the people at St. Germain Chiropractic, the great people at St. Germain Chiropractic, are proud to be voted best chiropractor for now 16 years in a row. Well, please stay with us. You're listening to The Roger Franklin Williams Show, and we'll be right back with Representative Anthony Sabatini. Welcome back. Good to have you here for The Roger Franklin Williams Show. Welcome back to The Roger Franklin Williams Show. Great to have you with us today. Thank you for the opportunity to join you. We're, of course, talking about the aftermath of the 2000. 20 presidential election. Uh, it's still at this moment, still unresolved. Um, we're at, we have a great person to speak with representative Anthony Sabatini of Lake County. He was on the ballot in Florida in Lake County on November 3rd. He was reelected and we'll go him back to him in just a moment. I want to let you give a word though, about our friends over at Sheeler auto repair and let you know that if you are looking and want to find, or even want to find a better, place that'll care for your auto truck van any vehicle that you may own with old school honesty integrity and dependability i urge you to get over to see demetrius and odysseus virgos at sheeler auto repair they're located 1908 south orange blossom trail apopka you can trust the guys at sheeler auto repair in fact that's where i take my car and i've been taking it there for literally 20 years sheeler auto repair 1908 South Orange Blossom Trail, Apopka. Now let's go back to Representative Anthony Sabatini of Lake County. And now, Jimmy, just 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 uh, a, a brief question: What possibilities? How much of a chance do you think that President Trump uh, has uh, to be uh, uh, reelected in the aftermath of, of all these things that are happening? Well, that's a question that you have to analyze based on how many roadblocks and how many courts are going to be sympathetic to him and how much courage the Republicans and the state legislatures have to get involved and to back him up. So I would still say he has a decent chance. It's uh, a slimmer chance than I think it would have been a few weeks ago uh, when this, you know, shortly after the election happened. I think they were late to the ball on a lot of things. But every day there's bad news. I see good news, too. You know, I'm sure you saw just in the last 24 hours, they quote-unquote found literally thousands of unuploaded votes that closed the gap, another two to 3,000 votes for Donald Trump. So now Donald Trump's back at a 10,000-vote deficit, Georgia. So there's lots of things like that going on. It's too, it's too early to say whether he has no chance, but I do believe it's tough because you have a lot of court battles in which courts that are generally reluctant to get involved in election fights, uh, which is generally the rule to try to avoid um, any kind of political dispute, are going to be unwilling to give him a preferable court result. But we'll see. We'll see. We're speaking with Representative Anthony Sabatini, state representative in Florida, on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. At the moment, we're discussing the aftermath of the 2003 pres- 2020 presidential election. Now, and I'd like to ask you now what, um, you know, you mentioned 
you thought they were a little little late to you know to to start to you know observe this push back against it what whatever I, i'll just share a thought with you you know i it, it, the election was so close in 2016 in those particular three states which were the three states that really basically gave it to him Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, and those are historically, as we know, Democrat states. In fact, a lot of people who make decisions and run the operations, run the process in those states are Democrats. They've got strong Democrat grassroots constituencies, et cetera, et cetera. Um, You know, the thought occurred to me literally as he was being elected last time, I'm surprised the Democrats didn't steal it last time. So uh, having said that, um, because, as we know, Democrats are good at stealing elections. It's just a fact. Um, what and voter fraud? I guess kind of a tough question to ask, but you know, the, I was hoping. Let's put it that way: that either President Trump and he's got you know, of course, many, many, many things to, to worry about in terms of running the country, or somebody in his operation would have kind of proactively looked ahead. And, um, you know, he said, hey, we, those are really three close wins we had uh, in states that are tough to win and states that, you know, know how to steal elections um, and put some proactive uh, things in place to try to avoid that. Um, you know, I, apparently that didn't happen. You, I'd like to get your thoughts on that. Well, I think there's a few things going on. Uh, I mean, one of them was they underestimated him right now. So you got four years of prep time. Second of all, that was not a mail-in election. Um, I think that's the biggest contributor. I don't think anybody's going to disagree that if there's any fraud, it's either because of or largely contributed by the existence of massive mail-in voting, which is, as everyone knows, the least secure way to vote, most prevalent for fraud, most prevalent for uh, ballot harvesting, all different types of unethical voting practices. And this is the first election we've seen massive amounts of that occur. And soft, weak establishment, rhino Republicans in a lot of these states listen to the media lie, the liberal Democrat lie that we needed to have a super pro-mail-in voting scheme because it was going to keep everybody safe, keep everybody safe from COVID. But we knew that uh, they should have known that uh, and had the backbone to fight back, but they should have known that really it was just coming up with a method of voting that was easier for ballot harvesting fraud, duplicate ballots, and getting ballots to people who don't really live in the state, uh, basically moving ballots around illegally. So that's what happened. They took advantage of a lot of Republican state legislatures and silly people that just went forward with the scheme. Of course, we did not do that in Florida. We never had those issues in Florida. But in places like Pennsylvania, they did. In other places, I mean, Pennsylvania is a bad example because they tried to push back on the governor a little bit. He ignored them, and it went to the Supreme Court and the radical left-wing Supreme Court. One of the most left-wing Supreme Courts in the United States is Pennsylvania State Supreme Court. Um, they actually ruled for the governor against the legislature. and That will be, I think, overturned by the United States Supreme Court. But in general, they came up with really flexible voting rules that lent themselves to fraud. So that's the big distinction between 2016 and 2020, I think. No, I agree a million percent, and I know myself, and I'm and I know many of most of the people listen to this show and um, our stations, and a lot of people kind of could see that coming a hundred, a million miles away. You know, as soon as they started talking about vote by mail for whatever reason, but of course, due to COVID, uh, part of it, the reasoning was, um, and other reasonings were just, you know, some people are advocates of vote by mail. Um, you know, I knew that was going to be 
disadvantageous to President Trump getting reelected because exactly what you said, even it's it's just that's more it's less secure. It's more susceptible to fraud, particularly to people that really, really, really want to and have a strong desire to uh, participate in voter fraud. So um, and I hope and that defines a lot of people, a lot of the Trump haters. So um, well, listen, that's. Uh, Get about four minutes. It's been great to reconnect with you, have you share your, your insights and your wisdom. I want to ask you a question about COVID. And you know, you've been at the, the literally the forefront of pushing back against mass mandates, against the ridiculous governmental overreach and restrictions on people's freedom, our constitutional freedoms. You know, as you know, there's a lot of buzz around the national media that, um, you know, COVID so, you know, so-called is, is, is you know, supposedly uh, coming back or, or whatever. Um, and, of course, that will lead to calls for more lockdowns and more uh, restrictions on freedom by the left and by the elites. Uh, where do you see things headed right now, and what are some of the things that you're going to be involved in? Well, the first thing we need to do is rewrite and completely restructure the emergency statute in the Florida law that gives local government to the governor so much power. It gives agencies unlimited power. Uh, we need to cut it down and limit that power. We need to make it that there's never, ever going to be a lockdown ever again. That option should not even be on the table. Uh, there should not be uh, any kind of a mask law or anything that basically makes it that a non-symptomatic or non-sick person has to um, give up their autonomy, their face, their body, their mind, whatever it be, to try to appease the, the liberal mob. Um, we need to make it that there's no such thing as a distinction between an essential and non-essential business. And we basically need to eliminate government power in these situations at all because people are far more easily and uh, far more capable of making the right decision and should be trusted far, to much greater extent than local government or state government ever should be. So that's that's the first and biggest thing we got to do. The second biggest thing we got to do is pass tort reform, make sure not a single person, individual, employer or business is being sued it, because of a COVID claim. That shouldn't even be an option. So we need to wipe out that entirely. And there's a lot of other things that we have to do, but I'll wait for a future show to go into those uh, other bills. Well, no, I appreciate it. I appreciate your efforts to be uh, literally at the forefront of it and to, to be fighting it tooth and nail, especially out front, fighting it at tooth and nail. Um and if we've got about uh, two minutes. Uh, anything else you'd like to share with us today and anything you'd like to talk about specifically about, about your role in the legislature for the next two years? Oh, say again? Oh, well, did you have a question, Roger? Yeah, yeah. About, we've got about two minutes. Anything, that you, anything else you'd like to share or anything you'd like to share about uh, your, your role in the legislature for the next two years? Yeah, well, we'll see. Uh, you know, they're going to make uh, all the committee assignments next next month. So I'm hoping to be on the new committee that's called the Pandemic and Emergencies Committee. It's a committee dedicated to the entire uh, pandemic response, emergency response, and everything related to it in the state of Florida. And of course, I've been very involved in this area, so I think I'd be a good uh, actor on that committee. I'm looking forward to being a member of that. And uh Focusing my energy on reforming these government laws and, and pass uh, and bills to reduce government. One of my big bills next year, once again, is going to be the school board term limits bill. we got to get term limits for career politicians, school board members that control literally billions and billions of dollars in the state of Florida. They just we need rotation and fresh voices in that. So uh, we didn't have the votes in the Senate to pass, but we picked up a Florida state Senate vote. The Republicans did this year, so we're looking to 
get that thing back through and vote it and uh, put on the ballot for voters to decide in 2020. And I got some good Second Amendment bills I'll be working on. I'm looking forward to uh, um, filing the uh, campus carry bill to restore the Second Amendment to um, you know young Americans in there uh, who have concealed weapons permits who are attending a college or university campus with the ability to defend themselves in an emergency. A lot of great stuff. Well, listen, we appreciate uh, what you do, and uh, thank you for joining us today to share a little bit about it with our listeners. Thanks, Roger. Have a great week. Talk to you soon. Representative Anthony Sabatini of Lake County. Well, friends, we're going to go to another quick break on the Roger Frank and William Show, and then we'll be right back. And a little bit later, we'll hear from Vito Fira of Network Sound and Video. So please stay with us. Welcome back. Good to have you here for the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now back to the studio. Here's Roger Franklin Williams. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Friends, it's great to be with you today. I want to thank you for the opportunity to join you in these trying times. We are talking on the main theme of the show today is the just discussing the aftermath of the 2020 presidential election, which is, as of right now, it's still up in the air, um, to be brutally honest. And I think we kind of got that tone from our last guest, Representative Anthony Sabatini, of course, who's a huge Trump supporter. Um, you know, the odds are probably not great that President Trump is going to prevail. I still hold out hope that he still will prevail. Um, but anyway, the the worst thing the way things thing now, the elites and the the media, of course, and certainly um, various other people are um, certainly painting a picture that we will likely have a, a Biden-Harris uh, uh, presidency. But anyway, I haven't, I haven't, you know, thrown in the towel. Certainly, myself, I'm still, you know, I, you know, obviously, as, as we've learned, Donald Trump is an amazing uh, man. He's a, a really a, a one of a kind figure in American politics. And American business as well, and you know he does miraculous things, and of course the Lord does miraculous things, and I'm one of those people that does believe in miracles. So um, I'm expecting uh, Trump to to prevail and and to continue to be our president. But you know we obviously have to realize that that might not be the case, and you know on a more somber note, you know we just you know even assuming. Super best case scenario, uh, this whole thing works out however it works out, whether it's through the court system, whether it's picking up votes and recounts and audits, whether it goes to the House of Representatives and and Trump prevails that way. Um, You know, at the end of the day, we've got two things that we're staring in the face as a country. And one is we've got a situation where (laughs) – Somebody such as Joe Biden and the Democrats, you know, people, a, a party, a sort of, well, a, a party, a movement, if you will, an ideology that, you know, is overt, is vocal about defunding the police, that is vocal, overt about tearing down our country's history. There's even a word for it, cancel culture, canceling George Washington, tearing down his, his uh, monuments and his his uh, statues, canceling Abraham Lincoln, tearing down his statues, canceling Theodore Roosevelt and countless others, rewriting history. Um, 
people that advocate that position, uh, at the very least, are right right there 50-50 um, in a presidential election. You know, you know, I would have hoped, you would hope, we would hope that people that overtly advocate defund the police and in, in some cases in, in various cities around the country, Seattle, Minneapolis, Portland, to name a few, you know, efforts have been taken, are being taken to defund the, the police and to, um, you know, basically, uh, you know, put the police at a very disadvantageous position, advantageous position, emasculate the police uh, and law enforcement, if you will, in, the, in those, uh, you know, cities. You would think that people on that side <laughs> would be losing elections and landslides, wouldn't you? I mean, I would. Um, they're winning elections. They very possibly might win this presidential election. They at least made it close enough to give us a situation we're in now. Um, close enough to steal, at least. Um, and that's that's too close. So it, you would think that the side that advocates and supports cancel culture, that advocates and supports those that want to tear down the monuments of George Washington and Abraham Lincoln, Theodore Roosevelt, and of course numerous others that want to rewrite history, making United States of America a villain in the world instead of like the most shining bright light of hope the, uh, the world has ever known in terms of uh, in, certainly a, a country um, or a nation state. You, you know, you, you would think people that had that on that side <laughs> that were advocating those positions would lose elections, <laughs> would lose elections big. Um, but no, they're they're making it close enough to steal, as I said before, or they're and they're actually winning more than their share. <laughs> uh, they're winning a lot of elections around 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 the around the country, um, and they control numerous states. So, I mean, I don't know any other way to look at that than just to be uh, disheartened by it. Now, of course, we're going to have to deal with it, but but we're going to have to understand that that's the lay of the land. That's our life as Americans now, and that's our challenge as Americans now to, to realize that we're, I guess, we're living in a, at the very uh, least, a 50-50 country in terms of the hard left, having a, right at 50% now, um, and uh, traditional American values people, you know, God, family, country people, people who believe in the Constitution and our Bill of Rights um, being about 50%. So we're going to have to go forward with 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 that perspective and it, and it's uh, you know very, very disheartening now the other thing um that you know that we see is um you know the the extent to and and I mean and this is depressing I mean I'm not going to try to sugarcoat it but um sometimes the truth hurts but the extent to where we're outnumbered I mean you know the the Washington Swamp, and, and pretty much that was one great contribution you know Donald Trump made to American history, and certainly to our times that we live in. Is he revealed and he pulled back the curtain on the Washington Swamp, and he stood up to it. And of course, the Washington Swamp doesn't just include liberal de- leftist Democrats; it includes, and I mean, it's, a lot of it's not even ideological. There are a lot of Republicans that are members of the Washington Swamp, particularly the establishment Republicans, um, the lobbyists. The consultant class, you know, all these people are, and, and it's not even, I think we have, have, one of the things that we're witnessing or we're experiencing is, is the fruition, if you will, because it's, it's been coming for quite a while, but I, we're really seeing uh, the, the, the top of the iceberg on it now is that 
we're not living. We're not the, the the debate today isn't so much left versus right, liberal versus conservative. The debate is more um, elite versus the people. The elites versus the people. I mean, the Republican elites are just as bad as the Democrat elites or, or the leftist Marxist elites to, to a large extent. Um, it, you know, it's people that are at the top of their perspective of, of, of the of the society, and they only represent you know a mighty, minute, minute fraction of one percent of the people, one hundred, one one hundredth, the one hundredth percent um, or less. But they control the power and the resources and the money. Um, you know, the, the Washington establishment, virtually all elected officials in Washington, except for a, a, f- a few out, outliers, you know, outstanding outliers, like like our own Representative Dan Webster and, and, and some others. But but for the most part, pretty much anybody within government circles in Washington is an elite and, and they're you know, they're on the on the side of the left, basically. Um, or at least not fighting back against it, you know, um, uh, you got the media, obviously. You know the media has really is really a, a, a powerful negative force in our, our country right now, um, and I don't think many people, a lot of people on our side, really realize the extent of it because, you know, and I'm sure some of you have the same situation yourselves. Maybe some others not so much, but I do. Of course, I know people. I've got friends that don't just listen to Fox News. I mean, I've got friends that listen to CS, uh, CNN and. ABC News and CBS News and, you know, the so-called mainstream media, or, or they get their news from Yahoo or Apple or Google, which is even much worse. Um, and you know, these people are are completely brainwashed. Uh, you know, they've been brainwashed into being Trump haters. They've been brainwashed into, um, you know, loving uh, people like uh, Nancy Pelosi and, and uh, Kamala Harris and, um, you know, all these uh, and, and Chuck Schumer. Et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's because of the so-called the new narrative, so narrative journalism, where you know facts are not being reported anymore. Objective news is not being reported any anymore. It's it's literally like almost a fantasy land of of a, of a left wing narrative that's that's being quote unquote reported by the mainstream media, and a lot of good, hardworking, decent Americans aren't haven't caught on to it yet, and and they're being brainwashed with it. Um, by it, and and that's a powerful force now. Just one more thing for us to be up against. But so anyway, my point is not to depress you, but my point is to for us to really we have to pull back the curtain and and realize how 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 strong uh, how how important this battle is, and and how it's going to be and what, how difficult it, it's going to be to fight, um, which just means we're just going to have to resolve to do it. But we we can't take you know, we can't take things for granted, um, you know, such as actually winning an election and, and actually having having our president, uh, you know, being proclaimed uh, elect, elected, even though he it looks like he very possibly got the most votes in the most uh, electoral college states. Um, so any of those are a few thoughts I just feel compelled to share with you. Um, these are these are troubled times. There's no doubt about it. Um, and of course, this whole covid situation, overreaction, hysteria, um, scamdemic is 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 part and parcel of elites versus the people because virtually every single thing lockdowns closing small businesses shutting down schools um, all these various things go to benefit the elites and a big part of it is, is in just in terms of control and one thing that isn't talked about 
hardly ever, but I think a huge part of it is the whole radical environmentalist movement, because you, you don't have to look too hard at the radical environmentalist movement to understand that every single solution to so-called clean air, to, to you know, so-called green society uh, empowers the UN, empowers government, empowers major corporations, um, and takes rights away from citizens. And every single thing, um, getting rid of the oil, of oil as, as our driving force of our economy, getting rid of cars, all these things empower the elites and will, would restrict freedom dramatically and essentially wipe out the entire small business class. Well, this is just that's just one one example of the elites and the kind of society that they want to have. And COVID is, I'm convinced, the tool by which they're going to enact it and, and enact it in, in rapid, dramatic fashion uh, unless we really resolve to fight back against it. But anyway, those are some thoughts I wanted to share with you. We're going to go to break right now. And if we come back, we'll have a more uplifting segment with our friend Vito Fira from Network Sound and Video. Please stay with us on The Roger Franklin Williams Show. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now, here's Roger. And this is my turn. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Welcome back, friends. It's great to be with you today. I want to thank you for the opportunity to join you. I want to thank you for listening to our program. We'll go to Vito Fira in just a moment. Um, Our friends over at Network Sound and Video, which, of course, as you know, is where your memories last forever and where... Just as importantly, they're located right here in our area, right here in Central Florida, um, 2520 Ronald Reagan Boulevard in Longwood, in fact. Very accessible from for virtually every single person listening to our, our program um, this evening. Uh, before we go to Vito, though, of course, I want to give another shout-out to our friend Dr. Patrick St. Germain and the great people over at St. Germain Chiropractic and remind you that once again – Dr. Patrick St. Germain and the great people at St. Germain Chiropractic have been voted best chiropractor, and that's now for 16 years in a row. So when you're in pain, I urge you to call Dr. Patrick St. Germain. Also, I want to, of course, let you know that, as you know, that the Roger Franklin Williams Show is presented by Christner's Prime Steak and Lobster. Generous servings of prime cuts of beef and cold-water Australian lobster served in an atmosphere of old-school elegance and sophistication. Make your next celebration truly special. Celebrate at Christner's. They're located located 729 West on Lee Road, just two blocks west of I-4 in Orlando. Reservations are recommended, and you can get them at 407-645-4443. 407-645-4443. And please tell him Roger Franklin Williams sent you. Now let's go to Vito of Network Sound and Video. And Vito, it's great to speak with you. And I really appreciate you. Um, I know how busy you are and I appreciate you, uh, you, know, tearing, you know, tearing yourself away from the from the workshop there for a few minutes to, to join us. Roger, it's always great to be with you any time of day. It doesn't matter. How you doing out there? And your wonderful, wonderful listeners that we hear from all the time. They can't wait to tell me that they heard, heard us on the Roger Franklin Williams show. Boy, it's really a pleasure. 
And well, Vito, I know that you're, you're hard at work, you're busy. What are some things you'd like to share with our listeners today? Well, we just, first of all, I want to thank everybody for coming in and bringing all of those archives. As many of your listeners do know, if they know of us, you know, we've been in business now for 40 years. Uh, we do every imaginable old audio and video archive that you may have, that Gramps may have, uh, that uh, parents may have, and we bring them back to life. We're talking about old film from the 1920s, 30s, 40s, 50s, all the way up to the 80s. All of the progressive uh, formats that went to Betacam, Betamax, Beta SP, and uh, and the like. And then it progressed into the VCR tape days. They were the large cassettes. We transfer all of those. Back in the day, Dad or Gramps used to probably have that big old VCR machine they'd stick on their shoulder. Some of them had to carry around a battery, a battery pack. They were so big. Or get a, you had to have a grip, you know, you had to have a key grip where you just carry the thing around. But anyhow, all of those old tapes, we've got all the machines to transfer any of those videos into the newer formats like DVD or flash drive, hard drives. And when it comes to audio, we do the same thing back in records, 1930s and 40s from 78 RPMs. Uh, then it moved into a real, real tapes, uh, eight-track cartridges, cassettes, and then finally up in the CD we can convert any of the old formats and put them into CD, flash drive, MP3 formats, whatever you may like. But the main thing is you're getting them off the old formats you couldn't listen to, you couldn't hear, you couldn't play, you couldn't see, and now you're living these memories back on the newer formats that we can share with kids, grandkids, and the like. So that's what we do here, and we have been extremely, extremely busy. Praise God. We're speaking with Vito Fira of our friends over at Network Sound and Video. And I do want to let you know, uh, is, is reemphasize something I mentioned a moment ago is, well, first of all, and it was always, it was a, a, a tremendous joy for me to, to find Vito and Rhonda some years ago, a few years ago, um, fairly recently, actually three or four years ago, a, a good friend of mine um, referred me to them. And it, it was a great, a great blessing because I've had, Things that literally went all the way back to my college days had things that literally went back to the 70s and the 80s on outdated media, important things that were important to me, but I I literally couldn't access those things for 30 plus years uh, because I didn't know where to take it. And And I know from personal experience, there are not very many people that do the kind of work that Vito and Rhonda do, and there are even much fewer people that do it with a tender, loving care and the heart that they do it with. And I also want to mention, too, that now there are places um, that um, do this kind of work you know, located around the country, uh, L.A., New York, Chicago. Um, speaking only for myself, I suspect I probably see it, you know, a lot of you see it the same way I do. I don't feel 100% comfortable <laughs> packing up, you know, my most cherished memories, a lot of it having to do with my parents, their families, their parents, um, you know, my own personal memorabilia, um, and just shipping it off through the mail to strangers, you know? Um, so anyway, that's, uh, but those of us who know about network sound and video, no, we don't have to do that. <laughs> you know, we can, I, uh, you know, just drive it over at twenty five twenty Ronald Reagan Boulevard in Longwood and, and hand it off in person and get the benefit of meeting Vito and Rhonda. So that's what I I've done. It's been a great blessing for me to find these guys. Um, and I, and I'm, I'm excited and, and always very thrilled to share, about them with you. 
Well, thanks for the kind words, Ross. We can't. We really appreciate that. Yeah, they can come in any time. I uh, just want to let them, everybody know that we are following all the COVID-19 guidelines. We wear masks. We always wear gloves and clean every single thing because we have to have an immaculate office here and studio because of the equipment that we have. So we've always, always cleaned and wiped every single piece of, of uh, uh, paraphernalia that comes in, whether it's tapes or reels, cassettes, film. It has to get wiped down. And now we're following all the COVID laws. We have not missed one single day since COVID started because people felt that besides, you know, family and friends and, and taking care of their kids and pets, um, this was one of the most essential businesses that they had. It was their lifelong uh, history and, and recorded on old archives. So, yeah, they can come on in at any time and no appointment is necessary. And they can see our small little museum of things that we've got here, from old reel-to-reels, projectors. AM radios, FM little stereos, cassettes, cell phones that are hanging all over the walls that they can probably remember and relate to. And a lot of people say, I used to have one of those, or my grandpa used to play this or that. So, that, yeah, they can come on in at any time. And, yes, we, we don't even have an answering machine. Uh, we're here, and we answer, and we take all of our calls. So, uh, and we won't, we, and we won't just hear, you won't hear us say press one or two for this or that. We're going to answer your call, and if you've got questions, no matter how long it takes, we are here to help you on the phones or come in and service, and we will help you go over all the things that you may have. You may not even realize that you have, and uh, we'll get those relivable down on the new archive and the new uh, formats, I should say, uh, so you can watch, live, and only, and not just that, but share. You can share all these memories on uh, Facebook and Instagram and all the other uh, social medias that are out there. So, yeah, it's been a, it's been a real blessing for us. And our customers tell us every day that they're thrilled that, uh, that we are here and open during all this COVID season. So come on in. Their network sound and video. You can find them at 2520 Ronald Reagan Boulevard, conveniently located on Ronald, you know, in Longwood, Ronald Reagan Boulevard. Also, just give them a call, as Vito said. A live person will answer the phone and they'll be glad that you called. And that's at 407-834-8555, 8555. Or you can also find them 24-7-365 at NetworkSoundAndVideo.com. Well, Vito, we've got about three minutes left. Anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? Oh, yeah, just get these things in when you can. Um, we are experiencing a, a very heavy load right now of people that are coming in. So just give us a little bit of time when they bring these uh, their archives in. Let them know that we do everything in-house. We don't ship anything out if there's any repairs that are necessary, and there have been a lot lately because as these get older, they're sticking and they're snagging. So we do everything in-house. They don't have to worry about uh, us sending them out anywhere. Everybody sends everything to us. Uh, they will get back all their originals and uh, whether they are any of the formats that I mentioned. And don't forget about photographs, photos, and 35-millimeter slides. We transfer all of those and make them into MP3 or uh, MP4s if they're videos. We make them into JPEG files so they can attach them to emails and they can text the pictures. So it's a really great way to take those big, heavy books and uh, of photos and get those in onto a little skinny little flash drive. People can't believe it when they'll pick up 50 pounds of the books that they brought in on one fraction of an ounce of the flash drive and they can't believe it. It's all on there, but it is on there. And, and that's what we do, trying to bring that old stuff and make it new so that you can share live and, uh, and and uh, and just really really bring all the things back that they had, they had never had seen before that kids and grandkids you know they had never seen 
because that's what we do here at Network Sound and Video. Well, we appreciate you taking such great care of, of our listeners and, of course, taking such great care of me and my cherished memories as well. And it's always great to have you check in with us and share more with our listeners about the great work that you do. Well, thanks, Roger. We appreciate you, and we really appreciate your customers. Like I said, first thing they say when they walk in the door, they heard us on the Roger Franklin Williams Show, and that's really a blessing right there. That's great. That makes me feel good. Yeah. And happy holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas that are coming up. Uh, We'd like to just wish all of your uh, listeners the very, very best, taking care, and being blessed. And and, and happy Thanksgiving to you, Vito, you and Rhonda. Thank you, Rod. Great to talk to you, as always. God bless you and the family. Friends, it's uh, sadly come to almost a close here on the Roger Franklin Williams Show today. It's been great to be with you. I want to thank you for the opportunity to join you uh, during these troubling, trying times. And um, But we'll just continue to pray hard and uh, you know, expect the miracles and expect uh, the best and do while at the same time doing what we can do um, ourselves uh, to advance freedom and protect our, our constitutional liberties. It's been great to be with you. I want to give a quick shout out to our friends over at Florida Door Solutions before we sign off and, of course, let you know that if you have a garage door problem of any kind, Florida Door Solutions has your solution. It's been great to be with you today. Have a great day. Look forward to speaking with you next week.